Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, that's right. We're glad you could join us. It's time to sit back, get comfortable, talk about some weird stuff. Just chill for a while. Welcome to After Hours with the Rise Guys. Here's Madman at nine. It is. It is us. It's us again. It is Madman at nine. The Rise Guys. Good morning. Good afternoon. And good evening. Good night. I don't know when you're listening to this, but I'm not quoting uh, truth. Someone besides us, really, you found the wrong podcast. Feel free, and by the way, this is episode six of After Hours with the Rise Guys. And thank you already for your overwhelming support. Yes, thanks for listening. Thanks for continuing to listen. We're never going to run out of stuff to talk about, so just hang out. Yeah, but this is a day and age where everybody has a podcast now. I mean, yeah. And uh, the fact that this one's already seeing incredible statistics, as we call them in the business, statistics. We're impressed and happy and very pleased with how things are going so far with After Hours with the Rise Game. I'm still kind of concerned where they have us at on iTunes. We're under the Society and Culture podcast. Anything to throttle us a little bit, you know. I don't know what that means exactly. What is culture? Nothing. We don't have any. I've been called uncultured many a time. You don't want that kind of milk. No. You don't want cultured milk. I don't know what you want. I like, you know, good cultures. Good. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not talking about stuff I don't know anything about. I'm done with that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I'm not coming to work tomorrow. <laughs> uh, it's been a big week for us uh, so far. Uh, first off, the re- the uh, release of two brand new beers. Oh, yeah. Two brand new beers. If you're here in the upstate of South Carolina where we are, you can get these beers. Otherwise... Start driving. Come get some. Come get you some. Yep. Uh, you've got Matt Man's Rootin' Tootin' Rooster Red Ale. Yeah, you do. And then your fat boy got his uh, Growlin' Prowlin' Golden Ale. Yes. Both by Thomas Creek. Both coming to a grocery store or convenience store near you. As long as you're in the upstate of South Carolina or Western North Carolina or the Midlands of South Carolina. Yeah. If you're in, if you're out of the list, out of our general region, you can't get it. You Unless you come here to get it. Yeah, but it's worth the drive, some say. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Some say that. Because um, it's a beautiful area to visit. Please come support tourism here. Thank you. I'm going to roll over here and turn these lights down a little bit. Do you care? No, do it, man. Do it. 
Because I love... There we go. Is that okay right there? Yeah, I like that. It looks good. A little lower? No, it's fine. Yeah, if you want to. I don't care. All right, a little lower. The, the, it's real low-key when we do this. You know, in the mornings when we're doing uh, you know, just the regular Rise Guys morning show on 93.3 The Planet Rocks, it's, you know, sun's coming up. You want to stay energetic. Ah, you know, you got, you got to keep that momentum going, right? Oh, yeah, man. This is just like Mark Hendricks, our, our voice guy, did at the beginning. Yeah, laid back. Yeah, I think he actually came in here to do that, and he really captured the mood of this dimly lit windowless room. Yeah, he actually laid down on a Chase Lounge mm-hmm. to record that. He did. He brought it from home. Wanted to fully be relaxed. Um I don't recall, I think when we did our other podcast, this isn't our first podcast, you know. No, we had another podcast some years ago. We used to do uh, uh, a podcast uh, specifically about wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> now, now you know people are going to tune out because you said the word wrestling. Be- people who don't like it have such a hatred for it, they're going to tune out just because you said that word. Yeah, but like, and I understand that. Look, I'm I'm falling out of love with it myself. There's certain, uh, you know, you things. You say that for them. There's certain no, saying I'm not, that for their benefit. I'm not saying it for them. There I mean, you are. There's certain parts of it that I just don't like anymore. Yeah. There's certain things that I do like. Um, but that's with anything. But you, yeah, it is with anything. That's with like, things you enjoy. If you're listening to this uh, podcast right now and you're a big cyclist and you found out that uh, Greg Lemon yeah. uh, was going to be. Uh, somewhere and you got to hang out with Greg Lamont. Yeah, or you got to go do a gig. If you if you're really into like auto racing, you got to go do a gig with like an Andretti or Richard Petty or somebody. No, that's kind of where we we got to go with this cuz we really like it and we got to go hang out with legends of the field. Yeah. Like one time, like okay, listen to this. One time just to meet and take a picture and get an autograph from the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. We pretended to be interviewing him. Yeah, we did. I don't know how in the hell that came together because there's there's a guy by the name of Bill Apter who's always been the uh, the editor in chief or whatever for big time pro wrestling magazines. This isn't going to be just about wrestling. No. Don't tune out yet. No, no, no. He was just a big time magazine editor in yeah. in that field specifically. Somehow we wound up on an elevator with him, and he led us upstairs at the University of Hilton in Charlotte to Dusty Rhodes' room, and I have no idea how any of this came to be. Well, I had arranged uh, the uh, the interview through the promoter, Greg Price. Oh, yeah. And okay. I think that he just said, hey, follow Bill Apter. Okay. But the door opens to this hotel room, and there he is, the American dream, death the road. Yeah. The tower power to sweet to be sour. It was a surreal scene, seeing there in his Texas A&M shirt with the sleeves cut off. Yes. Cowboy boots. It's like, I I didn't know if he was there to do a, a meet and greet or if he was getting ready to participate in a bunkhouse brawl. He could have done it, either one. But and no, he's just there to, to meet and greet. WCW head of security, uh, uh, ah, foot. Doug Dillinger. Doug Dillinger laying there on the bed. Like, did we interrupt something? I pretended to interview him, and a God bless, I, I had a tape recorder there, and mm-hmm. we pretended, and I didn't even, I didn't. I didn't even hit record. You were so in on the facade of the fake interview that you didn't take advantage of a real interview. And I'd love to have had the real interview. Yeah. I, man, I did. But yeah, so the, the, the first podcast that we did was just all about wrestling. And mm-hmm. like you like you say, Jimmy, you know, if you no matter what you're generally speaking, most human beings have hobbies or likes and dislikes. Yeah, you know? something you're really into. I'm really into to horror movies. So it'd be like getting to go and and work alongside Kane Hodder for a Saturday evening. So right. Some of the some of the stuff we got to do related to wrestling would be yes. like that. 
Yes. And and that's um He played Jason in a bunch of movies. Kane Hodder was uh best Jason, if you ask me. He him. was, he was by far. But with uh with doing the wrestling show and um and the podcast and really just the regular Rise Guys morning show, it did afford us the uh, possibilities uh to meet and hang out with some of those guys. Yeah. And we see a side of it that we never got to see. Yeah, we were I mean we we were on the shows with them. At see, various, uh, not, not, not just, there were some, look, now there were some high school gymnasiums, but they weren't all. Sometimes it was an actual auditorium. Sometimes it was a National Guard armory. Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah, that was when it would be like, okay, so look at it this way. Imagine, let's say you're a big uh, baseball fan, and let's say that you're a Braves fan, right? And you're going to see Freddie Freeman, you're going to see Ronald Acuna Jr. play, and then, oh my God, Coming out of retirement is Javi Lopez and Ryan Klesko. Yeah, but you're not just and you're not just in in the right field bleachers. You're you're in a uniform too. You're in a uniform too. Yeah, come on, we were we were booked on the damn show. Don't short sell us. Card subject change. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so we were we 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 were there. It's more of a I think a promotional vehicle. But we would uh, nine and I would still got paid. Still got paid would be like a managerial or a valet type thing. Mm-hmm. Of course, I guess a valet is just for women. That's what they call it. Yeah, but we, a man could be a valet. I think. Yeah, lady manager. We just walked to the ring and hung out. Yeah, and you know, like the one thing I can remember. There are several key things that I can remember. I remember the Greenville Memorial Auditorium, Midnight Express versus Rock and Roll Express, and. Flash forward, I don't know how many years, to whatever building that was in, to open, uh, I didn't have my eyes closed, but to just look around a locker room, and there's nine, that's that's familiar. Oh my God, there's the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah. There's Jim Cornette, and they're changing clothes in front of me. Yep, there's Sweet Stan Lane. Yeah, I mean, how many of you heroes have you seen naked? I've seen quite a few of mine totally, totally naked. And they were all older men at that. That, and I know. We, I mean, we, it's not many. Something. It's not something many people get to experience is seeing your childhood heroes in the buff. Right. Not that you necessarily want to. A lot of times, not that's necessarily good. Except for Jim Cornette's tidy whities. That was fun. That was great. That was fun. That was awesome. Yeah, like in in, in wrestling, you know, they have the whole thing of kayfabe, the unwritten. Uh, Rule of the boys that, you know, you don't expose the business. But that's long and gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's over and done with, you know. I can't tell you how many times on the Rise Guys morning show, I was, it was almost like my heart was ripped out, ripped out by three different men. Do you remember those men, Jim? No, I don't. It was the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Oh, okay. It was Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yeah, but who was the third? Jim Ross. Okay, he was the third, yeah. And I know, as a kid, I left the Memorial Auditorium, and we went to the Shoney's over there on Pleasantburg afterwards, mm-hmm. and I saw Ric Flair having dinner with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. You did. Many years later, I would say to Ric Flair, hey, as a kid, I saw you here, blah, 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 blah. He's like, no, you didn't. A, I wouldn't have been hanging out with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat because I hated his guts. We feuded all that time. And B, I would never go to a Shoney's. Never go to a Shoney's. Oh, excuse me, not Shoney's. Red Lobster. Yeah. Pardon me. Yeah, he Shoney's. definitely wouldn't go to a Shoney's. Red Lobster. Yeah. I know what I saw, but you it was that thing of, well, there's no way we've done that, because that's that's the business. We would have never hung out with each other. That's the business back then. Back then is when it was full of old carnies. It made me look like a liar. 
Well, it's the business. You know exactly what it is. It doesn't make you look like a liar. It makes them look like they're doing business yeah, in their to, minds. To look at, you remember, These are men in their 60s with concussion problems. Come on. I know. And that's part of it, too, is like you're looking around that locker room. I don't remember specifically. I want to say it was Morganton. I'm looking around that locker room. and There's I'm, a bunch of them. I'm seeing these guys that I used to pay to go see. Mm-hmm. Now, like you said, Jimmy, like you said, you're on the same card with them. You're paying. You're getting paid maybe just as much as they are. Yeah, in some cases you are. And I start to feel bad. What, for them or for you? Uh, for them. Or for the people in the crowd. I feel bad for the the, the heroes, the, yeah, I do the legends. You know? the, I mean, they, they are the, the legends. They're Hall of Famers in their industry. and But they're shysters, some of them. A lot of them are, yes. A lot of, a lot of them are. I've seen some terrible things happen. Uh, I've seen some... I mean, there's, there's one guy who was a... He was a big, pretty big WWE superstar. He was never actually literally big, but he was, you know, on TV every week for about a decade or more throughout the early 2000s into the mid 2000s. Yeah, man, what a, what a dick he was, especially to the kids who bought his merch. The way he, like, the way this guy made fun of the kids who bought his merch. Obviously, I'm not going to say who he is because I'm talking so much trash about him. And you know, I, don't, I didn't say that. And, you know, wind up with some kind of libel suit because he's a lying ass. But yeah, I mean, just, just sitting back there and watching him just trash the kids who gave him money for crap nobody should have been paying money for. Write it down for me. I forget. <clears throat> oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's the worst. But you know, you get that with anything. Like I've I've told the story humpteen times about as a as a young baseball card collector. I went to the the show up in Charlotte, North Carolina. And Willie Mays, you know, I'm I'm paying X amount of dollars to get his autograph. He was almost as good a baseball player as Albert Pujols. <laughs> well, <laughs> who knows when the folks are going to listen to this. But uh, I, I pay him, you know, as a kid, my dad, whoever, we pay him to get an autograph and he signs the baseball, doesn't even speak to me and rolls it back across the table. That's the worst. Make sure you get a nice smudge on it. And then his handler's like, all right, next. Next. I was so I had all these questions I was going to ask. Hey, why did they call you say hey, Willie Mays? Yeah, and then you found out from from watching TV. Yeah, yeah. It's just Mel what, Allen later told me. It's just what happens. But on the, Twib. The good thing about going into what we were doing with the pro wrestling thing though is that you know it's shysty when you get into it. You know there are some criminals about, and there's crooked business taking place. You know exactly what to expect. And it turns out that everything you thought you'd expect is everything you're going to see along the way. Well, true. Like, part of when you do, like, these type of wrestling uh, situations are what they call the indies, the independents, and part of the payday is not only the booking payment, but also you get, sometimes you get a gimmick table as well as yeah. part of your payment. You can sell merchandise. You can sell autographed pictures or T-shirts or whatever, old videotapes or whatever you got. Anything. It can turn into an actual flea market. They'll sell old wrestling boots that they wore yeah. back at Starcade. Yeah, or there's other people there who don't even wrestle who are selling like old magazines from the 80s. Yeah, in the '90s, and just just old magazines and stuff. I remember. The, I'll never forget the time I saw a guy that we both know uh, try to sell. Oh, look, this guy seemed strung out at the time. I imagine he was, but he had a copy of uh, the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase's autobiography. Yeah, and he was doing a hard sell trying to push this book on a five-year-old little girl for about ten bucks in cash. Who had no idea? No idea who <laughs> who the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase was. She's five years old, and this is five six years ago. I thought you were going to tell the story about the the time when our gimmick table was actually 
taken from out underneath us. Same night. Part of it. Same night. The guy who uh, who seemed strung out and was trying to tell the little girl the Million Dollar Man's autobiography, well, that same night, the way he got his spot on the gimmick table, he had half of our gimmick table. Yeah. We started out with a full gimmick table, but then uh, a certain someone who is, in fact, a WWE Hall of Famer, someone who's been on Monday Night Raw and Pay-Per-View and Starcade and Monday Night Show bunches and bunches of times. Still wrestles to this still, day. Still wrestles to this day. A bona fide WWE Hall of Famer. I saw the exchange go down. Uh, the, the the guy who was who got half our gimmick table. Uh, well, well, for the purpose of this, we'll call him, we'll call him Eric. Eric. So Eric walks up and uh, he grabs a hold of the Hall of Famer and they step out. This was in a high school gym, by the way, in North Carolina. And they step out into the hallway. You know, it's got those high school doors where they have that about foot and a half tall skinny window in them, the double doors they always do. Mm-hmm. So I'm just looking out the double doors. I know exactly what's going to happen. I just want to see if I can see. Sure enough, through the window, I see the exchange where this guy hands WWE Hall of Famer like a little cigarette cellophane wrapper, kind of little plastic pouch. I know what that is. Full of pills. Oh, pills. Hands him oh. that. So he pockets that because he's not wearing his wrestling tights yet. Mm-hmm. And then they come back in. All of a sudden... Eric occupies half our gimmick table. Half of it. Now, the funny thing about this story is that, right, he he leased space on our gimmick table in exchange for pills. Mm-hmm. He gave this guy pills. This guy gave him half our gimmick table. We know the guy. So if he just walked up to us and said, hey, can I put stuff here? We probably would have said yes, and he wouldn't have had to give his pills to somebody who was a needless middleman in the situation. You but, should have gave the pills to us. But that's how wrestling works. <laughs> no, no, I didn't want the pills. No, I don't yeah. That's after back surgery. I haven't won in one since. That is how wrestling works. That's like, exactly how wrestling it's, works. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a dirty side of something. Like, I can never forget the the moment. It was still Pumil days, and it was uh, Jimmy Boogie Woogie Man Valiant, and he got his hair cut off by Pistol Paz Watley. No, you were mad. I was so mad, and I was distraught, and my daddy says, oh, Matthew, ain't none of it real anyway. Yeah. I was like, Daddy, you don't get it. Like it, it totally is. It, it totally is. Cut his hair mm-hmm. off, and this is this is an awful thing. Yeah. And uh, you know, you suspend your disbelief, but when you go and you see the the dark side of it, I mean, we saw just a glimpse of it, but we were at shows where like Sting was at. Yeah. Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair. Yeah. I mean, we hung out and had a thirty minute conversation with with big stars back in the day, like Magnum TAs and stuff. We've we talked to Lex Luger's and Road Warriors and all kind of like big names in the business. Yeah. Well, one of the Road Warriors. One of them. A Hulk, Road Warrior. Rest in peace, Hawk. We talked to Animal. We talked to Am- Aminal. Yeah. He was, who was great because he was like real, he was more wholesome than I imagined. He was so proud of his son, the NFL football player. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joe Laurinaitis, right? Yeah. No, his name's Joe. What's his son's name? Yeah. John. Johnny John Laurinaitis. No, that's the that's, that's his uh, brother's name. That's the brother. Why would he I, name him after his brother? I don't remember his son's name. Might have been Joe Junior. Who knows? Anyway, I think it Laurin- was. James Laurinaitis. Yeah, played for Washington, St. Louis. Okay. Yeah, I'll James Laurinaitis. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, he was just so proud to tell us all about his son playing in the NFL, playing linebacker at Ohio State, I believe. But what's yeah? But what's weird though is like that was the maybe the same show. I, I forget. Uh, you know, you have Sting, who's in his fifties, who has to appear. Still wearing face paint. Mm-hmm. You have Road Warrior Hall, uh, Road Warrior a- Animal, mm-hmm. who's in his fifties, who still has to wear the face paint. Yes, he did. And those guys were just there to take pictures with. Yeah, but that you know, Animal especially seemed perfectly comfortable wearing his face paint. You think they he wears it at home sometimes? He might just around the house. Well, he might just get home from a weekend of shows and forget to wash it off. I, God bless. They probably have to go to a dermatologist all the time. Wake up the next day with grease paint on his pillow. 
Yeah. Yeah, but you get to see a side of it that you 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 love, and it, it, you're, it's such a beloved kind of sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it. But then you get to see that side of it, and uh, you get to see Scott Steiner rip a door in half, and you <laughs> stand away from him. That's real, apparently. No, that's one that I was not at. Oh, that was one of the ones in Spartanburg where he just he didn't rip the door in half quite literally, not like, like King Kong style. But uh, he was mad about something, and he went slamming through the door foot first, and then he slammed it behind him. Dude, this door was broke. Big metal security door was broken, bent, dented. I think it was off the top of the hinge was broke off. The door was just had a big – I mean, it was broken. It wasn't going to close again. It was so warped and messed up from that monster of a man going to it for absolutely no reason that I could figure out. He realized he was in Spartanburg. Probably. That's usually what it takes. You know, that was – The door's uh, lucky it didn't get shot. You know, I'm lucky to be here right now. I really am. You are, because it's something happened in Spartanburg. In Spartanburg. This isn't nearly as much fun as the stories of, you know, uh, drinking wine with Kevin Nash and, and, and seeing all our heroes naked. This isn't nearly as much fun as those ones. I didn't care so much about seeing your heroes naked, Nine. I enjoyed it. You know, dude, you know that, you you know you enjoyed that. I could have an artist rendering of Jim Cornette and his tidy whities right now. Yes. I remember it playing as that. Yes. And I'll never forget the time I tripped over one half of the Rock and Roll Express. You know what? That guy. <laughs> blessed. Blessed. You know, I don't know why that would... Be, I would have it down my tights. I, I That would be my gimmick. I'd, I'd wrestle naked. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, I'm going to... Well-endowed yeah, would be yeah, the word. Yeah. I'd clothesline people with it. We're talking about Robert Gibson yeah, of the Rock and Roll yeah, Express. Yeah. Hoot is packing some heat. <laughs> I'm telling you, he knows. But... Uh, so the situation was this. Ric Flair was appearing at this show. Ric Flair was not there to wrestle. It was just a meet and greet thing. And he That's was all it was. Come out, welcome the crowd. Unbeknownst to them, he was leaving. Mm-hmm. Heading back to Charlotte, or I don't know if he was available to go there then, but yeah. uh, wherever. Well, the situation was this. You have the nasty, or not, excuse me, not, not the nasty boys. I almost said nasty boys. Don't say nasty boys. It was not the Nasty Boys. No. Who was it? The Nasty Boys. It was the Nasty Boys. And um, <laughs> Brian Nobbs and Jerry Sags. Yeah, Those, they're, the, they're the Nasty Boys. Are they in the Hall of Fame? I don't think so. They won the, the tag team championships at WrestleMania 7, though. They're so, guys who've been the tag team champions all over, traveled the world wrestling. So, Ric Flair, again, they're just to meet and greet, welcome the crowd, and then he's out of there. And I know that when they book us for it, part of the reason they book us is, A, you'll have some P1s come out and see us, B, talk about it on the radio, whatever, put it on our social media, they sell some tickets. Um, We, Nine and I are booked to go out to the ring with a tag team. Yes, we are. Now, here's where the thing comes in, is that we're from here, and we're on the number one morning show in, in the area, the region, and uh, we're booked on this show, and uh, our old assistant producer was a pro wrestler, so everybody knows that we know him. Right. I mean, everybody in the building knows this. Sure. Everybody and realizes about 3,000 people there, maybe 3,500 people there at Spartanburg Auditorium, the downstairs mm-hmm. part. But the Nasty Boys are not from here. They're no. from up around Pennsylvania somewhere. I don't know. Uh, and they've never spent time here, and they don't know us, and they don't know our assistant producer at the time, so they don't know any of this stuff. Right. So they come in, and they have this idea that we're going to go out and do some generic, you know, in the ring, like, hey, radio guys, uh, I got to see you guys, you know, throw out a t-shirt, whatever, screw you. You know, that kind of stuff like you do, boom, 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 take it home, brother. Right. And then we're going to be interrupted by the tag team, which is 
made up of our assistant producer, who we're friends with, right. and another guy. So they're the bad guys, and we're their victims, and then we get saved by the nasty boys is the idea they pitch, which doesn't make a damn bit of sense to anybody in the building who bought a ticket for the show that night. So there's old carny business, there's doing business, and then there's doing business the right way. Right. And, and they wouldn't listen to us. And they, well, here's the problem, though, with these independent promoters, most of them book the matches, and then say, all right, y'all figure out what you're going to do. Yeah, they don't have any say-so creative. A lot of times they don't care. There's very little creativity that goes into any of those shows, especially those ones. The problem with it, no, was uh, was uh, Jeff's tactic partner, was that Brian Cage? No. I know he was on that show. No. He's now on AEW. He's an older guy. Okay. Oh, yeah. The, who worked on with the with the company or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, uh that didn't. That made no sense. That made zero sense. That yes, we we're would be to go attacked out and be attacked by the guy who works for us. And then we were going to be saved. Yeah. By uh, uh, the nasty boys. Yeah. So we're, they wanted us to actually go out, and we don't even know. We don't even know our assistant producer when he comes to the ring, but we know him. Everybody in the building knows him and us, and we all they all know we know each other. Rick Flair had just been on the show that week promoting all this. Yeah. We were all in the same room, lollygagging around. Ha ha. Yeah, yeah. Well, that didn't set too well with us. No, we it, knew it didn't make it any didn't sense. make any sense. But we couldn't talk to the next was when we tried to tell them. They just didn't listen and kept going because they're kind of just boorish guys. Well, and also they wanted to come in as the heroes or the faces or the baby faces, the good guys. Because and they still could have. They just needed to listen to what we had to say. Because at the end of the night, they wanted to sell more T-shirts. They yeah. wanted to sell more photo ops and all that stuff. Yeah. So that's one thing people in professional wrestling will do. They tend to be very insecure, and they think that you, as an outsider, have no understanding of the way the business works. It ain't rocket surgery. It ain't that difficult to figure out how to work a crowd. We do it five days a week. You perform surgery on rockets all the time. All Jim. the time, man. You taught Elon Musk all about brain science. Yeah. So I mean, the other thing with that too is even the bad guy. Look at Stone Cold, man. Stone Cold is a he's an asshole in real. I mean, not in real life, but like his character well, is. Uh, his character is, but people love that because he's beating up the boss man, drinking beer and all that stuff. So these guys don't agree with that. They they say no. They just wouldn't listen to it. What made sense? Well, we made a last minute decision. Yeah. That we're going to try to go out there and get some heel heat. They could still be the heroes. They could be the heroes, right? Yeah. They we, got what they wanted in the end of this. So they got the exact outcome and reaction they wanted. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. My idea was to go out in the ring and 
talk crap about Ric Flair, who at that time had already left to go back to wherever he'd come from, mm-hmm. and say, oh, guess what? Y'all paid to see Ric Flair? Ha <laughs> guess what? He's already gone. He already left. He don't care about y'all. He knew that, but now I'm telling you anyway. Then uh, uh, the tag team that we're associated with, they come out not even really interacting with us. Like, I don't know why we're still there at that point. We should have gone out to the ring with that tag team, and we're all the bad guys being jerks to everybody, being thicks. And then the Nasty Boys come out, chase us off, beat them down, and that's it. It's a hardcore match. Falls count anywhere. Weapons, okay. Which made it fun for us trying to run away from the Nasty Boys, but we're getting to that. Because Jerry Sags, who is the the dark-haired of the two, if you've ever seen these two. and I, By the way, is he's in better shape now than he was at WrestleMania 7. Just for the record, this dude is, oh yeah. I mean, you think he's he's getting up there in, in, in years, he's not as young as he was? No, trust me, he's in better shape now than he's ever been in his life. He's in, thank you for saying that. No, it's because true. Because I painted the picture that all these guys are old-timers out of shape on their last leg. No, he was, he was, he was still, I'm not going to say ripped, but he was in better shape than he was as a tag team champion. I'm yeah. dead serious. That's not an exaggeration whatsoever. That's fair to say. So we go out. I, we Plus go out he's there. He's a big dude. Starting, yeah. Yes. Six of uh, four or five. Um, one of those. He's big. So, uh, you know, we go out there. Well, unbeknownst to me at the time, and really, I considered myself a wrestling aficionado. I did not realize that uh, Jerry Sags of Nasty Boys. Yeah by marriage is related to Ric Flair. Yeah, he is. Legit. Yeah. That's, you know, yeah, he's got his connections to the Flair family and Nob's got his connections to the Hogan family. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's weird. I knew that way before I did the mm-hmm. Flair connection. Well, Nasty Boys music hits. And rather than looking at the opponents oh, that no. he wants to fight, uh, the Nasty Boys, particularly Jerry Sags, is looking at us. Yeah, and it didn't take us but a split second. I'm talking about a hair and a half. We were hauling ass through the guardrail to get out into the crowd in the safety of a bunch of people. Because you know they, they will not go out in the crowd. And they're fighting with chairs. They're fighting with chairs. They're fighting with damn garbage cans. And I'm not talking about gimmicked ones. I'm talking about real steel garbage cans. Except except in this case, Matt, man, they're doing a hardcore match. Like Falls Count Anywhere type hardcore match. No rules. No rules. So they were coming out in the crowd trying to put people through tables, which is great because... Now, this is where it gets funny, because you have Jerry Sags and Brian Nobbs, who are the Nasty Boys, who are very experienced pro wrestlers, been on a lot of big shows over the years. I'm going to look up their sizes for everyone while you say this. Sags is definitely the taller guy. Nobbs was the thicker one at that point, especially. Now, the thing is that they're they're working the match, so they're pretending that they're they're beating these guys up, throwing them around and stuff out in the crowd. Meanwhile, Jerry Sags is continually trying to work the action. He's simultaneously... Working, beating the guy up, but he's beating the guy up in our direction, trying to get over to us so he can get a piece of us in the process because he wanted to whoop our asses. Jerry Sags listed as six foot five. Yeah, he's a big dude. I mean, he, he Jerry Sags towered over you, and you about six two. Thank you. So <laughs> they keep working their way over near us. They kept trying to get over to us because Jerry Sags wanted to take our heads off. Legit. And if you know anything about this Spartanburg Auditorium, the downstairs part, I doubt you do, but it, we go out... Picture a 1950s high school gym, but big. Pretty much. Yeah. We go out through where the meet and greet area was, and back... We wind up through the big-ass kitchen. The kitchen. The kitchen that is like a kitchen out of a scene of a mob movie, like when they go in downstairs at the bottom being a Goodfellas or whatever. Yeah. It was like that. And you're probably sitting there saying to yourself, oh, Matt, 
you're you're a pussy. You're running from the nasty boys. You're right. Oh, hell yeah. You're right. Hell yeah. Problem with that is some of our, our, our gimmick bag or whatever is in locker room where we just were. The locker room we just were. Yeah, so there, all right, to paint the picture, you go out where the crowd goes out, um, and then to the right there's these kitchen doors and then yeah. the nice metal ones that swing open, mm-hmm. shiny. Big commercial. Uh, Huge commercial like kitchen. something it's, in The Shining. It's about 200 feet long. It's mm-hmm. pretty narrow, but it's about 200 feet long. It's a full-size commercial kitchen for yeah. sure. So... You go all the way out the other side of the kitchen, and you're in the locker room. Yeah. That's what separates the, uh, the the workers, the wrestlers from the crowd, is that huge kitchen area. So we go out the other side of the doors, and who's waiting on us, man? The Nasty Boys. Both of them. Both of them. But you got there first. I was behind you talking to somebody, so I didn't get there for about a minute. Brian Nobbs is furious. Yeah. Furious. Now, I don't even remember what the ending to the match was. I know they went over. They won. They, did, they you know, busted some heads and went over. The one, the older dude was bleeding pretty bad from it. Yeah. Now, if Brian Nobbs was furious, what was Jerry Sags? Is there a word for what he was? Infuriate. Uh, that's, that's it. Yeah. The furious. I don't know if there's a word to describe how damn mad Jerry Sags was when you got back there. Livid. Livid's good. Livid. Livid's good. He didn't. He doesn't know our names. He's like the radio guys. Yeah, we're the radio guys. Yeah, like. there suddenly becomes quite a uh, a circle of people around him. Yeah, very quiet though. No one's saying anything. All these wrestlers usually very jovial, telling a lot of jokes, talking a lot of crap to each other, all this trash talking nonstop. Not right now though. Very quiet. This is a a, a show where there's a lot of legendary types and some up and comers and some names. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. Was the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes not there? I don't remember, man. I remember him being. I know Matt. No, he Hardy. was. He was there. Cody was there. Okay. Cody was. I remember. Yeah, Cody Rhodes was damn sure there. Matt Hardy and then several others. Of I can't think off the top of my head, but I remember Cody was there because Cody minded his own business and just kept lacing up his boots in the next room while Jim this Corn- all went on. Jim Cornette is there. Yeah. Um. Several other. I. You know. I, I hate that. I can't think. I'm off the top of my head. A road warrior animal. Yeah. He was. Uh, that was the night he was there. Yeah. He was there. They start so he's like, where are the radio guys at? I did not realize that until I'd already walked through those kitchen doors. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you saw from behind Jimmy. But what I remember is walking up to him. Stupid. Why did I walk up to a guy who's screaming know. for radio guys and he's pissed? I I don't know. Uh, what happened? What I saw when I walked out of the kitchen again. This is. 30 to 40 seconds after Matt walked out of the kitchen, probably. So when I walk out of the kitchen, what I see is uh, Jerry Sags, six foot five with a skullet, like a mohawk mullet, actually. Yeah. Uh, he's got Matt by the beard hair up against the wall. It's a, it's a con- concrete wall, cinder block, cement wall. So he's got Matt by the beard hair, like not, not by the throat, not by the neck, but by the beard up yeah. against the wall. And behind Brian Na or behind Jerry Sags is his tag team partner Brian Nobbs in that support position. You know, I got his back in case anybody tries to come up and stop this. Right. So that's what I saw when I walked out. Well, that's what was happening. As I walked through there, it wasn't a word that was spoken. He grabbed me. You know, look, I, I'm I'm probably in, I'm not embellishing this, but I'm thinking in wrestling terms. So he grabbed me by my throat and pushed me to the wall. Yeah, he did not lift me off the ground. No, absolutely not. That one arm. But he, I mean, dude, he had me so far where his fingertips was touching the wall. Yeah, like, I'm doing it right now. Yeah, and he had me lifted up. And I don't remember everything he said other than, you don't go out there and go into business for yourself, and especially do not run down the name of Ric Flair. Don't disrespect Ric Flair is what I remember several times he do said not that. Dis- and then finally, uh, Jerry Sags, 
uh, or excuse me, Brian Knobs actually, I think, talked him down. Yeah. Like, hey, man, it's cool. Like, it's over with now. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I was, dude, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> Do you remember the shakes that I had? Oh, after I, remember, that? I remember. Yeah. You ever get, for those of you listening right now, you ever get so mad? Like, maybe it's at work or wherever. And you just get that, that your hands are shaking. Like you, you know, like I'm I'm in a fight mood right now, but maybe I can't do anything about it or whatever. I want to fight somebody, but not the guy I need to fight. If I want to fight, you know what I mean. I I, I want to fight him, but I'm gonna fight. No, I'm not either. I remember I just went out into the parking lot. I said, I'm going home. This is over. I don't even care if I get because in wrestling you don't get the envelope until after the show's over. I was like, I don't even care if I get paid. I I'm so pissed right now because I can't fight back. Yeah. I, I couldn't. Even if I wanted to, well, I'd get you my could, ass. But you just, just get stomped into oblivion. Big time. You'd have a hard time coming to work with your jaws wired shut. And it was a long time before I ever actually went and did any of those again. It was. It was a while. Not because, I mean, was I scared? Hell yeah. I'm going to absolutely admit I was scared that night. But it's also one of those situations of there's no uh, human resources, you know? There's no uh, nobody to go to with an issue. Well, it's one of those things, being pro wrestling the way it is, where it's, I mean, what do you do? You go up to a promoter, and he's like, well, I guess you should have done what he said, huh? If you don't like it, go fight him. Huh? Right. If you don't like it, go kick his ass. Like, I can't kick. There's no way in hell I can kick his ass. No. Well, then you got to take it. There ain't no choice. Those are your options. Kick his ass or take it. And if you can't kick his ass, you take it. And plus, even if I, even if let's say that I was bigger than him and I could have kicked his ass, you don't march into a wrestling locker room radio guy and say, hey, meet me outside, I'm going to kick your ass. Could you have kicked 10 of their asses? And then, honest to God, here's part of me, because <laughs> I am a big wrestling fan, uh, wrestling mark, as they call him in the biz. Uh, when I thought when all the wrestlers started to circle around and everything, and he had me up against the wall. I thought everybody was going to start laughing. It's like, all right, man. <laughs> oh, you, thought that? you just got ribbed. You're in the, you're in the brotherhood now. <laughs> you know what? what like this, a secret society thing, you know, where they, they get you in there. You know what's funny is going through and telling that story, which is really the highlight of our briefly uh, brief wrestling endeavors and forays and careers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what? I realized that the whole thing is... To me, where I sit now, and granted, I didn't get jacked up by the beard hair against the wall. Yeah. Though if he, when I was standing there, he might have turned around and got me some too. Um, I was very quiet in that moment. <laughs> Don't blame me. Everybody I can't talk either. Yeah. Lack, of, lack of breath. Everybody was quiet except Jerry Sags. But I, you know what? The whole thing is just a big. It's kind of just a big misunderstanding, and it's funny to me now. For a while, I harbored some ill will towards them over that. Yeah. But right now, after telling the story, I don't. I think it's funny. How many people got jacked up by the throat by the nasty boys? I know. That's but, fun. Not you have a story. Not many people can tell. I don't have any ill will towards those guys. Just a misunderstanding Fat that turned into ki- a great story to tell for the rest of your life. Fat boy got kicked in the face by the raging bull Manny Fernandez. He did. Saw him naked too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice ass. Really. Mm-mm. Fat boy. Yeah. Oh, okay, not the raging bull. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's a nice it, guy though. Oh yeah, such a like yeah. It's it's such a weird thing because you grow up watching these guys. You you look. I had their posters on, not the nasty boys per se, but some of those guys I had their posters on the wall. Yeah. I went to see them when they would come to town, and next thing you know, I get to be a part of it. Yeah, and I'm hanging. Not that I was on the same level with them. Not that you were on the same level with Jimmy, but we got to be part of the team, and. And not and, and and being paid for it, like yeah. think it's insane that we were paid to do that. Oh, it is, man. We were paid to go hang out with WWE Hall of Famers and various legends and champions and just people we'd grown up 
basically idolizing watching on TV week in and week out. Buy, we'd buy, buy pay-per-views to watch their matches. We'd spend 30 bucks on a, once a month to watch their matches on pay-per-view. I never will forget he had me up by the, the throat there and when he would talk because he's missing some teeth. There'd be a little bit of a whistle. Yeah, a big and I'd, I'd want to laugh, but I knew they'd squeeze harder on my throat. Yeah, you can... Uh, it's it's one of those things where if you got that that dream thing to happen where you're actually you're a big Yankees fan and here you are and you're hanging out with the Yankees and you're actually in uniform and you're kind of working alongside the Yankees and then all of a sudden you do something wrong and here's Mickey Mantle drunk and whooping the tar out of you with a bat. He starts beating your ass with a ball bat, yeah. or he's got you by the ball bat against the the dugout. And, and he's and, got drunk strength too. And Reggie Jackson and Chris Chambliss are just standing there looking. They're just watching this happen. They're watching the Mick go after you. Yeah, yeah. that's. I mean that's that's kind of how it was that night in the in Spartanburg, that's South true. Carolina, the old historic Spartanburg Auditorium. You know this had this kind of talking about it. You you said a moment ago, Jimmy, that for for a little while you would have a little ill will toward the the nasty boys over that. But you're right though. It is a it is a, a story like one you can't you can't buy. You know yeah, what I'm saying? It's a funny story. With that we pissed off the nasty boys. Yeah, you can go to a meet and greet and take a Polaroid with them, but you can't literally get them screaming cuss words at you and and have you up on the wall by the throat. You can't get them shooting on you. Oh. That's no. a wrestling term by the way. Shooting means uh, you're you're being you're not really working. Yeah, it had nothing to do with the jacket. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nothing at all. Nothing like that. No, no. God, and see that's how this whole thing this is what you have to, for those of you that hate wrestling and you hear the word wrestling and you just fall out of... Uh, oh, those, those hardcores like that, I already quit listening to this about 30 minutes ago. But the one thing, if you enjoy our show, if you enjoy the Rise Guys, if you're a fan of Matt Man and Nine, you have to consciously admit that there would be none of this without wrestling. Yeah, it all ties back into wrestling and the beginnings and the origins of the Rise Guys Morning Show, the origins of us being friends, the origins of After Hours with the Rise Guys, this podcast you listen to right now. None of it would exist without wrestling, which was my first love. Yes. And still my high on my list of loves. The only thing I love more than wrestling is probably my dogs. Well, you know, I well, was one of them. I was talking to attorney and friend uh, Rob Inario the other day, and he was talking about a, a show coming up at the Spinning Jenny in mm-hmm. Greer, a, a club, a bar. It's a music venue now. Yeah, and I said, well, you realize why that building is, is special to me? And he's like, why? It used to be a roller skating rink. I said, after that. It was a feed and seed store. But after that. After that, it was the, the SCW Arena. Yes, Southern Championship Wrestling. So roller skating rink. Feed and seed store for livestock food. Wrestling arena. Wrestling arena. And now a music now venue. Now a music venue. And where Nine and I first met. Yep. Yep. It's been all those things. All those. They should put up a plaque there at the Spinning Jenny. They should, especially since we first met there 21 years ago. Yeah. That's a story for maybe an after hours. Oh, it definitely is. The story of how Saturday nights it'd be me and Nine hanging out till 6 a.m. Yep. Eating cold pizza and... Well, the cannolis didn't last long. No, they never lasted long. We'd always have some pizza after. We'd have pizza, then cannoli, then more pizza. Before Matt Man and Nine, it was Wrestling Matt and Producer Nine. Or yep. Producer Jimmy. Yep. Hit On the way out here, I want to tell a real quick story about the, the night we met Sting, but doesn't involve Sting. Okay. Another one of my favorite things that happened to us in our wrestling days. Not Police Sting, but Wrestler Sting. Wrestler Sting, not Gordon Sumner, Steve Borden. Right. Um, yeah. So we're in Lincoln, North Carolina. If you've never heard of it, it's because it's a very small town, about an hour, hour and a half outside of Charlotte. Yes. So we roll up to Lincoln, uh, East Lincoln High or something? I think it was East Lincoln. 
I forget. I never drove. It was Lincoln High, one of the high schools in Lincoln, Lincolnton anyway. I think you're thinking Lincoln High from Fast Times Ridgemont High. It was it was well, it was in Lincoln County. It was called Lincoln something yeah. East Lincoln maybe. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's one of the high schools right there in Lincoln, North Carolina. Things appearing, we're appearing. Bunch of legendary wrestlers are appearing. Soon as we get out of the car, now. One thing you do when you go to a wrestling show is when you go to the locker room, what do you do? You shake hands with everybody. You have to. Everybody shake hands. This is hilarious. I know what you're going to say here. So This is hilarious. So this time in Lincolnton, we get out of the car, and uh, our old assistant produced you there, and he's wrestling on the show, and... uh, yeah, so we're we're all, we're getting out of the car. And we're just excited. We're just you know pumped up because we're gonna we're gonna meet Sting for the first time. There's a lot of like Magnum TA and Lex Luger and all these people were excited to meet her on the show. I bought a pair of black leather wrestling boots yeah. to get Sting to sign them. Yeah, I had a custom painting like a, an Andy oh, Warhol man. style painting oh, of Sting's Lord. face paint designs. Yes, that I got him to sign. It's still hanging on the wall. But we're also there as part of the show. The the Sting painting. I made sure to specify keeping that painting in my divorce agreement. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that was in the, the in the divorce papers that I I got the sting painted. Oh yeah, plenty of other yeah. things went unaccounted for, but I I definitely was going to keep that. Yeah, but we're in the talent parking lot, not yeah. the not the uh, spectator. We're over there with the, the marks. Yes. Uh, so we get out, and our assistant producer says, "Hey man, there's Raven. Raven used to be in ECW and WCW and WWF. Back Raven's flop. WWE. He was really cool, just like." punk rock grungy beat mm-hmm. the tar out of people and not care about his, you know perfect like the the, the portrait of grungy gen, gen x that yeah. was him so you know we like a couple dorks like in my mind playing this back dude we were some dorks oh about big it. time going up oh we got raven hey we gotta go shake his hand i He's, look at some of the pictures of what i'm wearing with some of these wrestlers yeah. and i'm embarrassed at what i'm actually wearing yeah and then the, the just, like, you know that hawaiian shirt i'm wearing with a oh, yeah. picture with vince mcmahon that's great i had the same shirt because back then at the big and tall store you yeah. only get like four shirts uh-huh. Per season, then. So, yeah, we're a couple doors. Oh, my God, it's Raven. We got to go shake his hand. We got to go shake his hand, man. Yes. So, we get, get start going that way, and we get oh, maybe 10 feet or so from him. And Raven, who could not possibly care less about anything no. at all, let mm-hmm. alone us, he doesn't care about a damn thing, especially not us. He probably hates wrestling at that point, but it's all he knows. Yeah, he just says, guys, guys, we don't have to shake hands. And he just walks off. And this is 10 years prior to COVID. Yeah. Yeah, but no it was more. just so funny because we were at that point we were just a couple of dorks running to go shake his hand. Guys, we don't have to shake hands. And it's one of those things where it's funny now just to you oh, know, the other wrestlers a, laughed at us. A dork who got kind of shut down and put in his place. Yeah, I would have laughed at us if I could have seen it. I know. I'm laughing about it now. But at the time, I was like, "Screw Raven, I don't care." Yeah. I hope he gets real concussion this time. Oh, don't say that. No, I don't. He's mean had that plenty. At all. He's had too many. Oh man, that wore me out. I'm, I, I got all infuriated for a minute, and then I'm just laughing at myself. Yeah, it's I fun. wish there was. What if they have surveillance cameras over there? I'd love to see it. I'm sure the tape's been eliminated in the last five, six years. Yeah, nasty boys deleted them. <laughs> yeah, they bought them and erased them. Man, those DVRs don't have five years worth of space. No, they don't. Jimmy Jack Jackie, episode six. We really have to talk about the origins of uh, our radio ship. We will. We'll we'll get to that in a future episode of After Hours with the Rise Guys. Yeah, y'all uh, keep supporting the show. Please let a friend know if you uh, you know a lot of people uh, have time on their hands now more than ever before. Uh, recommend it to a friend. Maybe it's somebody who doesn't listen to radio. Radio. Let them know not only about this podcast but our the regular podcast as well, uh, the Rise Guys podcast, which is available on the Radio dot com app and. Apple Podcasts and Google Play and all those. Yeah, if you're just looking at any podcast uh, delivery service 
and you put in the rise guys you'll find this podcast and that podcast we appreciate you listening to both our shows any of our shows any other shows we might appear on yeah subscribe and review and all that good stuff and uh, we sure do appreciate it thank you so much for letting us be able to be employed doing this for a living yeah and really allowing this we appreciate you uh, listening to us run off at the mouth and uh, yes get paid for it as well But uh, episode seven next week, it's the Rise Guys. It's after hours. Jimmy J. Jackie, take us home. What do you want me to say? I mean, take me home. I lost my car keys. No, man, you, we're going in different directions. I'm, we'll going to, s- I'm going to Piedmont. We'll see you back here next week. All right. Get out. Time to close the doors on another episode of After Hours with the Rise Guys. Subscribe on Radio.com and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Pass it around to your family and friends and other P1s. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.